And welcome back to the Rhizocast this week. Thank you for tuning in, and we're excited to be sitting with you. I'm Sue Hunt, your host, and you can find my work at suehunt.com. You can tune in to the collaborative community of artists, Rhizo Magazine, at rhizomagazine.com. We're a community that shares inspiring work, realizations, writing, poetry, practices around art, environmental justice perspectives, astrology, spirituality, movement, recipes, all things rhizomorphic in the human consciousness. Sharing beauty as well as the deep process of being human without labels and beyond binaries. Okay, let's get right into this week's episode. Be sure to check out Rizo at rizomagazine.com. Here we go. This week on the Rizocast, I was ecstatic to sit down with Stina Dog. She's a creative director, art director, and graphic designer, as well as a brand strategist from Stockholm, Sweden. She's the founder and editor-in-chief of Human Shift, a printed magazine, digital media brand, and creative agency. Human Shift is here to inspire people to transform through movement of body, mind, and energies. Each issue of Human Shift is constructed around a specific chakra energy center in the body. Stina's 25 years of experience is extremely impressive in branding, advertising, and magazine making. She started her career in Stockholm, and she went on to spend four years in Sydney, Australia, and then 11 years in Paris, France, before returning to her home country of birth, where she is now based. In the position of creative director, art director, and graphic designer, she has been hired full-time at magazines like Harper's Bazaar, Elle, Mary Claire, Liberation, and more. And as a freelancer consulting at Condé Nast London, ID Magazine, and Russian Vogue. She has run her own branding and design agency, Dog Studio, for 12 years with clients like Levi's, H&M, and many others. And it is at the helm of the Human Shift Creative Agency that she has collaborated with on-running Timberland and the Foundation Cartier. Okay, this is an amazing episode talking all about choice and risk and creativity, a lot about mindfulness and our own personal health journeys that contribute to the long-term sustainable trajectories of creativity and it was just very inspiring for me as well as the interviewer. So I really hope you enjoy the Rizocast this week. It's been a couple weeks that Stina and I have been trying to sit down together, which is very exciting. She's tuning in from Stockholm, Sweden. And we're very excited to talk with Stina Dog on the Rizocast this week. How are you feeling today, Stina? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm very happy to connect with you. Um, as you say, it's taken it's it's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks just to organize to find the day, and then of course it's been it's been a moment since we connected first time. So um, and how yes, yeah, so I'm very excited to be here and to just to connect and listen mm-hmm. in and speaking mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, me too. I I kind of got the feeling that we have similar scheduling patterns of just like, mm, I'm not going to overbook myself this week. How about next? How about next? And that I really appreciated that in our correspondence. I think it's so 
important to to feel into the moment like as in mm, not just saying I have a tendency to say yes to everything and I'm really trying to yeah to just to feel into is is this a really is this really a good week can I be can I be fully present for this or where am I trying to squeeze too much in I guess the word boundary is very new and <laughs> very new to me so uh, I think this the timing is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. I feel like you're also in very high demand, you know, looking through your full bio, because I really only know you through Human Shift. I was like, damn, she's done so much and so just crossed so many spheres. And I would just love to start there with just sort of a little bit about your creative process and what it's like being the creative director of Human Shift, as well as running your own creative agency and sort of the trick to balancing both of those things and keeping your own sanity. <laughs> if I if I have, then that is the question. Uh, yeah, I think I started, I worked uh, commercially uh, as I started as an illustrator and then graphic designer moved into more art directing at the same time always doing some graphic design as well but then launched my own agency maybe 10 years ago or so and um, been working with many different magazines and commercial clients and I never really I never really saw the the creative process as I guess it as a creative process but I never saw it as, as a artistic process or uh, trying to express myself through the work I was doing. It was more of a type of craft, mm. uh, more of a problem solving Rubik's cube type thing. How do we, how do we solve this? Uh, how do we, uh, how do we solve this in a visual way, in a way that holds together? Um, but after many, many years, I got this, I got this calling to do something that something that I um, I couldn't distance because I always would distance myself from my commercial work in the way of saying mm. I love what I do, but it's not me. It's not me, and I'm happy when the client is happy. And I could always hide myself behind the client and what they want, etc. And so I felt the need to create something without any agenda and without having any really anyone else to to answer to than to myself in the sense of if I like it if I connect with it I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it and I got a lot of um a lot of people thought it was very <laughs> crazy I also didn't <laughs> care whether other people wanted to in the beginning it was also it's not that I did it for myself as I wanted to create something for, uh, just to put it out there, I wanted to create something that I myself would have liked to see, to read, mm -hmm. uh, to connect with. So I kind of, um, so there's so different, I would say that human shift and my commercial work, if you could call it that, um, my, my work with other clients, I would say so, um, is is easy to to separate uh, because when I work with clients, uh, I'm happy when the client is happy and and um, and I, I really 
my work is to to solve their problems and to to put their mm-hmm. pro- products in a in a beautiful light in a way and when I work with human shift uh, I wouldn't really call it work as such even though it's, sometimes there's a lot of labor in it um mm, great distinction uh, yeah. it's just dif- it's just different uh, it's also I have nothing to yeah so um and how I balance it time wise I think uh, in a way it was a bit of a blessing in disguise if we say in the sense that I was extremely busy before COVID hit. Uh, I was working based out of Stockholm, but I was working a lot with Italian and French clients. And more or less on the month that uh, COVID, um, well, that it was kind of official that this was going to be something more than mm-hmm. than just a little bug. Uh, all my can- all my contracts was cancelled, all of them, and uh, it has been. Uh, it actually has been up until this spring. It's been quite quiet for me uh, on my commercials, my my commercial work, which has been has given me the space to work with Human Shift. But at the same time, since it's self-funded, uh, it has also put me in these places of fear, mm-hmm. where yeah, it's. Um, which is not always uh, can, can be interesting a place from to work from uh, creatively, but not mm-hmm. always. So, so it's mm, just yeah. constantly checking in and then kind of seeing at what, why am I taking this decision? So I'm wanting to jump on certain projects maybe because uh, I wanted to have enough money to put human shift out there. Yeah. Mm, so, yeah. And to see, to see the, also to see the good of, doing a commercial job before I there was moments when I felt oh but this is taking time from my from my baby (laughs) and at the same time if I didn't have that I wouldn't have the financial uh, means to put out this uh, magazine um, Mm, because mm -hmm. we are mainly uh, not funded by anything else than the money that comes out of my pocket uh, yeah Yeah. I mean, you said so many really poignant things about just really the difference between your own creative work and the vision that feels really intimate to you. And then the way that you wear a different hat when you're working with clients and really sort of like a problem solving hat. I'm sure that both of those two things side by side feel needed you know, the creative process isn't just all about like emotion and what we want to see. Sometimes it's all about execution and organization. And I think you really stated that beautifully. And then I'd love to just ask a little bit more because I think so many creatives, you know, me included at times. And, you know, I, I totally get that balance. I actually run a 3D printer company that I don't put out in public very much so that I too can go and do big creative projects. And fund them so there's freedom there and without those two pillars in your life you know it wouldn't give you the vehicle to to create such a magnificent magazine as human shift i remember seeing it maybe four years ago and i was like whoa this is like next level you know before you and i were in contact and then i was like whoa like it's just gorgeous it's stunning so, you know, Thank you. yeah, of course. Thank you. And, you know, you said something also very important about this place of learning how to create in a fearful place and then also how to not jump at jobs to sort of fund your 
um, the human shift arm of things. And I'd love to just sort of dive into that because I do think that is scary territory sometimes, but necessary territory when we really want to put our own work out into the world. And, you know, how do you sort through that? And then how have you sort of, you know, reached into your inner body and said like, yes to this job, no to this job and really figuring that out for yourself? Yeah, like in many ways because of COVID, I haven't had to turn down a lot of jobs up until very recently when it kind of started picking up again. Um, so maybe we need to kind of check in in a couple of months. When, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's more the, the emotional, um, the process of, uh, okay, I'm not going to like... Tr- like I'm not going to ask for it in the sense of uh, like, I'm not going to put that out there that I want more. I want more. I need more, you know, I need more work because in the end uh, I just know that I, I work quite good when I'm busy. Yeah, I like being busy keeps to, but there also needs to be these moments of, of space in between and mm-hmm. for the creation to come, not for the problem solving really, I could just kind of keep on doing it. I love it. It's, it's, it's fun, but human shift needs, it really needs space because I go, I, I it sounds maybe weird, but it's almost like it's chal- channel, channeled through me in mm-hmm. a weird way. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not completely mine. Uh, I feel more like I'm putting something out there and it's, I want to keep it very pure. So in order to, not get affected by the fear of what is like what other people tell me you have to bring in advertisers you're never going to be able to grow it if you don't bring in bigger advertisers you have to uh, get fun funding otherwise mm-hmm. if your website is not uh, you know it's not up to date the website is not up at the same week as the magazine is out like there's so many of these things uh, of not operating at a level of perfection uh, that I just I just decided that I'm just going to let it go so if it gets if I feel like I'm too overwhelmed by it so it doesn't feel fun anymore then I just kind of okay well I'm not going to post anything on Instagram for like Mm. a month Mm -hmm. in the end it's but um, that's like going a bit off the topic of what you asked me of but um, I think it's more in the future. I'm more trying to look into the future. How can I? Uh, h- how how can I do this? How going forward? Um, and yeah, that's just kind of in the now or in the future. So let's see mm-hmm. how I manage. I hope. Like I think it's also. The f- like, I, I don't know. I hope. Uh, I hope I will not act out of fear. I hope I will be fearful enough to say, okay, well. I'm, I continue taking these risks of uh, um, yeah, putting money into something that is definitely not giving money back uh, mm-hmm. yet, but uh, um, and just uh, believing that you just have to believe in the in the course, right? So definitely without being reckless, because I have uh, I have uh, mouths to feed, etc. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. finding that balance. Yeah, it's such it's a, I think it's a everyday challenge in a way to. To, to not act out of um, lack, uh, uh, from a lack mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and and that's basically I would say it's my biggest spiritual work is around money actually it's I find it such um interesting uh, topic on in itself uh, our yeah so interesting I totally agree to that yeah whatever it is <laughs> if we yeah. see it as you know energy or mm-hmm. currency or uh, whatever it is yeah 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 and I think that that is such a brilliant statement as well especially if you want to support your own work financially is like you do have to do deep spiritual work in that space of you know how do I save resources in such a long game where you're like, oop, nope, I'm not going to move them in that direction because then I won't be able to do this in five years or whatever it may be. But I do think there's so much spiritual work around the idea of money, especially when you're not sure if you're going to make it back from the specific creative project that you're working on. And, you know, I think that it takes a lot of courage almost to say that out loud. I think sometimes in the big C of what it means to be creative on the globe today, there, there's not so much conversation about um, money and like what it actually takes to make something happen. And then sort of the inner and spiritual organization behind that, you know, so I really appreciate you speaking to that. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's also the, like you can't really, you can't really create out of like from coming from fear in a way, or you have to like that fear. I know when I sometimes when I'm like, oh, why do I put myself in this position? You know, again, like here we are again. Like, didn't I learn? Why do I never take the full time, <laughs> you know, position? Why don't I take? Why or do I always make sure my contracts are easy to get out of from on both sides? You know, like because obviously I like the freedom, uh, and also I I like some. Uh, to some level and maybe goes into the problem solving. Maybe I like that thing of like feeling, I'm, you know, knife on my neck and I made it, you know, like it's like, mm-hmm. oh, last mm-hmm. minute or whatever it might be. So uh, of course, a certain comfort level, I think you need to have a certain comfort level in order to have space to, to not think about just survival, because I think it's hard to, to sit and do beautiful design. If you're, you know, you don't, you can't, pay your you don't have a roof over your head etc but I also think that um I don't think you become a creative out of it, like maybe out of choice even like it, it's, it's like not saying that it's a calling as such but I think it might maybe one doesn't have so many other choices and I think that there's mm-hmm. there's a certain fascination with this kind of level of of the risk somehow there's a mm, yeah great point like risk and choice yeah, and I think that's like a great segue back to a little bit of your like personal life and health journey and just how you were able to flex that muscle of risk and choice. And really, I, I totally understand the word calling. It's like, if I'm not doing this in some capacity, even if it's just by myself in the morning and no one ever sees it, I'll probably get sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it has to move, you know, and sometimes it looks amazing. And sometimes it's just like, uh, what was that? That's just piss poor, you know, but yeah. no big deal. That's like yeah. a whole part of the process. 
And I'd love to just talk a little bit about sort of getting diagnosed with Graves' disease and some of the difficulties early in your life and how you were able to stay connected to your creativity and really flex that muscle of choice and risk when you're dealing with big life issues. Yeah. Mm, I don't know where to start in the sense of, I mean, I feel, I feel lucky um, to, I think it's like nothing is so bad. So this can sound very weird, of course, but I think at least in my life, the the, the things that I have gone through, uh, as bad as some of them have been, um, nothing is so bad that you not, that nothing good is coming out of it, right? That you can't mm-hmm. somehow turn it around and see, okay, of course, certain things one wish would not have happened, but um, they can still give you gifts in appreciating and appreciating your health or appreciating uh, the moment one is in uh, with whatever that means like having your health or having money or like having the possibility to be inspired and to be creative i i think it kind of goes into the fact of being a seeker um, and to constantly seek and look for for something uh, and I think that goes hand in hand. In my case, it goes hand in hand of being a creative because I never really stayed very long in like my, I think my max employment was two years or something like that. So, mm. and the same when it comes to health, it's like constantly, could, could I optimize this? Like, could I balance this better? Like, is there another way? Is there like, is there something both for fun reasons? Like, let's try this out and see what does it do? Like, um from from trying different commodities or practices um and then to actually the potential of what you can uh, what it where it can bring you because i've seen it firsthand particularly with uh, overcoming graves disease which was at a at a time now people talk so much about the thyroids thank thank god yeah. which is also close to heart because uh, the issue we just came out with is the throat chakra, right? And that's mm-hmm. where the thyroid <laughs> is located. Um, but back then there was hardly any internet. And when I was told that, okay, there's not many, op- you know, there's not many options you need to operate it. It was, it was, had gone very far and I was very, yeah, it'd gone, it'd gone very, very far. Uh, I, was risking getting heart uh, fa- like long-term wow, heart yeah. uh, problems, etc. Because of course the body's having with graves that is a type of hyperthyroid, uh, so your body is producing too much uh, cortisol, too much stress hormone. So mm-hmm. basically, you're in a constant, uh, constant stress. Uh, but also, there's something exciting about it. In the moment, because I think I've never been so creative as I was when I was at that peak of uh, mm, of graves, really because I, you know, I didn't sleep. You know, I, I could easily like sleep four hours or less, and and uh, in the beginning, at least, I thought I looked great because I was so skinny and my skin was glowing, and mm-hmm. and then of course it went overboard. Like I mean, it at at a, at a moment it it went, it escalated so much it was. Uh, yeah, I had to stop everything for two years in the sense like I couldn't do, I had to take very strong medication and I couldn't do any heavy exercise. I couldn't drink coffee, mm. which I love so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And it was an identity crisis also in the sense of I was wondering, is this part of my identity being this hyper, like, or is this uh, just uh-huh. a disease? So I was very, I was a bit scared also in the sense of, okay, when I treat this, does that mean I'm going to be, you know, like other people, whatever that was, you know, like, does that mean I'm not going to be able to sit and work a whole night and, mm-hmm. you know, create something or, but obviously it's not about, it is about creating balance. And I think that the, uh, that time really made me realize, even though like it really made me realize how, how important it is to find that balance and also to find, to look for the answers somewhere else, because at the time there was no, there was very little things on the internet, but I still managed to find some forum, uh, like some chat group in, I don't know what uh, that was uh, called, give me back my thyroid. And it was about people that had been convinced about taking away their thyroid and then mm-hmm. they didn't know that there was an option and maybe for some people there might not be but I think I think we are I think like sitting back and kind of complaining and being complacent and or or just accepting as well has never really been my thing I can't say oh, I'm bored or this is not happening or there's no magazines out there that I like you know okay we'll mm-hmm. make one then you know or I'm not feeling good enough I'm really tired well, you know, like who's who's going to change that? You're the only one who can change that to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's yeah, that's a it's a constant. Uh, that's a constant. The wellness journey is constant, right? Because yeah, there's always parameters we can mm-hmm. tune up or down, and and it's different at different times in your life. Uh, now I'm in my mid and forties. Like there's new challenges. So I can. You know, you have mm-hmm. to, whatever worked 10 years ago might not work now. And oh, yeah. So find you a new balance. You know? mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, totally get that constant evolution. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, you're so equipped now, though, with like your mindfulness practice and your yoga practice and your consumption, the way that you consume, you know, to sort of keep up with the way that balance is shifting. And, you know, I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. I really find that's the first step I have to take as a creative. And then the second step is my work. But if I'm not Mm -hmm. taking that first step of, okay, Sue, how's your energy moving today, this week, this month, and being really brutally honest with myself, like, no, you're really exhausted. You're not going to be able to have that level of attention and devotion so we're just going to have to wait. We're going to have to work with it until it's ready, until it's there. So first it's like tuning into all the bodily systems before I can answer sort of how my creative energy is moving. Any resonance there for you? Yeah, totally. Uh, and and it's quite new for me though in the sense that I think before I didn't really tune in to to the pro- obviously I could have tuned I could have w- used that uh, this type of way when tuning into clients as well and and in projects and seeing them more as entities and and uh, whether they I respected the energy and what it was giving or it was giving or taking too much but I wasn't really tuning into I kind of kept it separate uh, it was like work is like work and that just has to be done and it's just like it's always speed and then on the, to balance it I would do all these other things on the side, right? And then mm-hmm. like uh, yoga practice or dancing or 
work, whatever it might be. It, it was it was separate. It was I always kept it separate, and now I think that's beautiful. How you, I mean, you also as an author because you really have it flowing through you. I think something that really resonated a lot with me was things that you took up in your beautiful book is this it doesn't have to be either or you know like it doesn't have to be this uh there, there's a moment in between um high performance mm. or lazy or uh like having a and so i think that has really taught me as uh, a lot of not seeing it so much black and white and meaning like if i'm having a shitty week it doesn't mean that I'm shitty and everything is shitty, which before I could maybe mm-hmm. sometimes go into like a quick spin of thinking that. Now it's like, yeah, I'm having a shitty week. So, you know, probably things are not going to be as good as they are, you know, like, or maybe I'll just keep on, but I will keep on doing the things. I will still go up and I will still do the things and, and just awesome. see what you yeah. just see what <laughs> comes out there, you uh-huh. know. And and also some days I'm just like, I'm too tired, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm just gonna not gonna do it. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. but not to, like I'm not leaning in too much into that. I'm more leaning into not judging the work that comes through it, and and also not trying to listen too much to listening more to myself and the, my intuition of, but not uh, and more than anything tuning out of all the other noise of you should uh, you know if you want. You know, if you want to reach an audience, you have to post this much, that much. Mm-hmm. Really, with uh, with social media, I really had uh, that was a. I really had a problem. Like, I really found. I find the, the social media. It, it was a, a way of <laughs> yeah. I was seeing it like I was seeing it as something. Oh no, I have to do the social media. This is so painful, but it's the only way. I'm a little independent magazine. I'm going to reach people. I don't have enough money. I can't even boost my posts. You know, uh, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Like, and people said, if you want any reach, you have to post like a lot of stuff. No, you can't put out quotes. No one is liking, you know, text on white background. You know? And then I had this. A talk to Lisa Navarez, who's a breathwork teacher, uh, and I was saying that to her, and because she's not very much on social media, and they're saying, "Oh, I see. It's like kind of for me. It's my Instagram is like a it's a monster that needs to be fed, and I just feel like every morning I'm like, what am I gonna feed Instagram today? You know, and then <laughs> yeah. and she was saying, but why do you see it as a why do you see it as a monster? You could choose to see it as a garden, and it needs to be watered." I was like, oh my God, <laughs> why didn't I? Mm. This is also why it's so important to have the conversations with people like yourself and other people around you that are not that are not saying, you have to, you have to, this is the way of doing it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it that way. And if I put a post up and that resonates just with me and I get two likes on the post and yeah, that's not going to probably commercial... Uh, in people who might would like to put uh, ads in or whatever, they might be like, oh, this is not a good place to, <laughs> to place the money or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm not doing him. That's not where it came from, from the beginning. And I don't want to, to become that, even if I would love it to be uh, something that could sustain itself and hopefully other people and entities and could, uh, but not not by listening into everything, all the noise around. So listening mm-hmm. into 
So, I mean, I don't know if that answers where you were coming from, yeah. but I think, yeah, listening into your intuition and mm-hmm. no, I like, think that's like so layered and so necessary. You know, I think that there is a lot of pressure on independent creatives to basically be this solopreneur who can just master everything. And then it's really at the expense of your own physical health and mental mm. health and emotional mm. health and spiritual health is the toll that it takes. Like that's often the cost. Um, I think one thing that I also loved about human shift too, and I've also noticed the tide changing in the last maybe three to five years is like there's more scrutiny on a larger scale about what commercialism looks like. And I think more of us are trying to consume in a way that we feel you know, connected to the maker, connected to the artist, connected to the production loop. And I loved that it wasn't this huge, like cosmopolitan reels every day kind of thing, you know, you know, top 10, whatever, whatever advice for something, something that it was much more of a organic portal of like, I could pick it up and read it over six months. And it wasn't this sort of throwaway type of thing and that it was very um, personable as if like the people contributing to it really wanted to be there too. And I think there's something authentic and kind of catches on like wildfire through word of mouth almost. And I do see a trend moving in that direction, people wanting to get off the screen and actually say like, where are all the people authentically creating all over the world? Oh, they're right here. And we're talking, we're physically talking about it, not just posting about it. Totally. Uh, I uh, totally agree with you. The shift of all this pressure to be putting out content 24 seven as a creative and then your breathwork teacher and friend that was saying, no, how about you water it like a garden? And this big shift to actually say, hey, where all are all the people globally that are authentically creating and not just contributing to this 24-hour content reel and you know what the the pressure it takes off us as creatives to lift that and then really be in our genius and you were just really describing that process for yourself as a creative director of human shift i mean totally it's uh, the um i think it's um again a little bit like tuning into oneself like what does what do i like seeing when i get into i i, I still i i i like uh, social media well specifically instagram f- for me but uh, um i connect i mean you and me connected uh, for the first time on on instagram i connect with a lot of people in the community uh, mm-hmm. i have gotten so many gifts from it uh, and I think it's a bit taking the good and the, like not taking the good and the bad, m- more like let's, okay, let's see, just like with humans as well, okay, someone might be, you know, like having uh, different opinions or we might not agree on, on, on certain things, but there might be other things that are good with it. So let's, let's just decide to tune into the bits that are nurturing and that is working. And, and, and if it isn't like this, there's no one, nothing that says that one cannot stop it. You know, it doesn't have to be like that for for always. I think it's this um, goes into this. We're using at the moment the the word authentic is being used so much that it mm-hmm. doesn't feel authentic anymore. But it's <laughs> this, <laughs> it's the 
okay using the text on your like this there's all these little gimmicky things uh, that we tend to do just because someone has told us that that is what we're supposed to be doing uh, and and it goes to to self-care as well and and to uh, okay like you're you're doing this so you're drinking this and you're spending a lot of money doing it but is it is that really what you need to be doing or is that really are you do why are you doing it are you really noticing something there or are you doing it again because people it people are telling you that this is what you should be doing you should be doing mm. yoga now you should be drinking green juices but is that yeah. <laughs> agreeing to you can you afford it is it really uh, are you drinking them out of plastic glasses really what maybe just the tap water is as good mm. <laughs> like yeah it's, yeah i uh, no, totally get that like looking at the whole chain of causes and conditions and it's so unique to each of us you know sometimes I would laugh at like all those morning routine stuff and it's just like what if you saw my morning routine <laughs> yeah I mean you I know? love I have to say I love it's a bit of a guilty pleasure right the, the morning routine because also some of the people I read their morning routines and I know them and I, and I just know that there's yeah, maybe once in a month they look like this and, you know, but, and then maybe we have a good week, a bad week. But I mean, this oh, is... Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, as long as we don't let it cause us, it, it should be used as inspiration. It shouldn't, like I should, shouldn't say it should. It's one of the things that I would say with the writers in, in Human Shift, let's not point on the nose and say, should, do this, don't do that. But I think it's just generally when wellness things uh, causes anxiety well then they're not wellness things anymore mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. so uh, and and i i definitely were uh, after my uh, after my um, when i was recovering with graves i really went into a craziness of uh, wellness uh, trends in the sense of, like i did everything and like i didn't eat any wheat no sugar no this no that uh, and I looked good like uh, I didn't have any cellulites but I also were constantly thinking ahead oh when I'm going I can't go to that restaurant because mm -hmm. they don't mm -hmm. have any you know they only serve car like in the end my head was just thinking more about the problems and I would feel guilty etc that it wasn't until I moved to Paris and it was just like not possible to, <laughs> to just ask every time, is there cheese in this? Is there, uh, and just letting it go a bit. And I noticed that actually I'm not uh, physically feeling any worse in any kind of way. So mm -hmm. uh, let's just, uh, yeah, just let's not just have the rules for the rules sake, just when it comes to social media or when it comes to wellness, wherever it comes to or creating. Uh, and I think it goes back to listening into your intuition like mm, really totally yeah no like, I, I definitely resonate with that I think that there is a period where sort of strictness is necessary you know in yoga it's called a tapas which literally means like I'm going to stick to these disciplinary actions so that I can burn impurities mentally and physically and I think that there is a period where that's really necessary and then there's a bit of a identity crisis how you described it before where you get a little bit attached to that discipline and then it becomes a bit self-abusive and it's like, okay, now how do I straddle this gap between letting go of some of the discipline because it's actually creating um, tumultu like tumultuous moments in my life and that's such a big 
light bulb. Sometimes that takes months and years, right, to sort of span that gap. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it's uh, the top. Exactly what you say. I mean, I was Ashtanga adept for uh, for many years. It was, and, and I still love the practice. It's just, I just realized it was not possible. It was just not possible for me to 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 do all the things uh, that I was somehow felt that I needed to be doing in order to be an Ashtangi, and then. Uh, it's like um, sometimes I tell my daughter when, you know, we say yoga, okay, well, just looking around yourself and seeing there's someone who needs to seat on the metro more than I do. Okay, that's going to be my yoga. Like mm-hmm. I just, uh, and I'm not going to, I, I can't do uh, the same practices as I did and uh, like that, but that's fine. You know, like you have to, as, as also, it's, it's all everything in time. Right? It's, um, but I, I agree, like I like the, the, the strictness of, of it. And uh, uh, there's also something that I'm very attracted to and also the rules of it. And all, uh, so that's, that's a conversation I have to have with myself. And I don't know if it's about you know, putting, when you put pressure on yourself uh, as a creative or as a woman or as a human being in general, like have I been, have I done all the things that I was, you know, have, was, that I need to be doing today or like mm-hmm. routine or creativity wise or answering all the emails, etc. So um I was I was really my younger self was definitely giving my giving herself a much harder time if by the end of the day I hadn't I'm obsessed with to-do lists. I'm trying to get like <laughs> get a bit like move the to do today to do this year can also be moved to to do tomorrow and to do next year or just like yeah mm-hmm. to do or to not to do <laughs> like it's yeah um, mm-hmm. but, and have uh, you found a little bit more sort of creative expression in your own freedom giving yourself that space you know sort of out of the taskmaster part of what it means to be you know head of your own creative agency and then the softness in your own creativity have you seen a little shift there oh totally like it's it's day and night i would say i i uh, i didn't think i would be able to kind of surprise myself in in ways so it's almost like having this conversation with myself of like having ideas popping up and then Oh, but actually I gave that two months because I couldn't get a hold of that person and then something else popped up and then like, oh, this is the this is the the process that one can afford when when you work on a project for a year uh, without having also without discussing it too much with too many other people. Um, Great point. Yeah, uh, like uh, yeah. because there's something something amazing with teamwork, uh, definitely. And uh, I could not do the magazine if it wasn't because of the uh, of the teamwork that is uh, included. But when it comes to that, the the process uh, of it, I I tend to keep it like I wouldn't say secret, but I tend to keep it to myself. I don't really discuss it. Uh, so much more than everyone knows, of course, that the next issue is going to be the sixth chakra. But uh, mm-hmm. except for that, uh, um, just letting it, yeah, just let it 
come in and come out. And also, it, it's also interesting because I'm doing the illustration. I know you do illustrations as well. So I'm doing the illustrations for the magazine often. So for the first magazine, it was not at all my intention at all. But I just, uh, because I hadn't illustrated for a long time, Mm-hmm. I know many very talented illustrators and I feel that my job has more been about always been about putting other people's talents uh, giving us a, uh, a space for other people's talent and being kind of um, nurturing them and making sure that they have a platform. And so I didn't do it out of an, Oh, I want to express myself as an illustrator or anything like that. It was more, Oh my God, like the magazine is going to print. I already booked the printing I, I gotta do have, it. You know, I have four <laughs> or five pages. Also, because you know, when you create a magazine with that many pages, like 250 or whatever it is in the magazine, it's um I, I order the page numbers, but I don't always know what's gonna come in from photographers and text sometimes. So mm-hmm. in the end, you might find yourself with 10 pages you just have to fill. And oh, how am I gonna do that? Well, I just make some graphic some graphic uh, things and the first issue had such uh, anxiety about that both about the fact that I I created most of the things more or less over one or two nights and I was like how can I work on something for this long and then I do some really important things over such a short Mm. I don't give myself the time to really do the process but then I realized some things need long process right and some things you just need to put them out there especially if there's with this, I just wanted, it's it's almost like a an experiment in itself. And now it's become a joy to do the illustrations. And I've been thinking about, oh, should I maybe collaborate with other illustrators? But it's become kind of a bit um, the voice as well. And mm, and I enjoy mm-hmm. it so much because I, I often then just read a text and then I don't even look at any references or anything. I just decide some colors and then I just... I just I just do stuff often at late at night and then I look at them in the morning and I'm like oh my god this is so shit and sometimes like oh this is actually pretty good like this is like I can live with this and and then I send it to print and I have it that's the things that I have the most anxiety about though is the illustrations because it really is purely me like it's not it's not mm-hmm. so, and it's and it's difficult uh, as you know to put yourself completely out there um even if it's in your own platform even more maybe in your own platform because Mm, to feel like uh Mm -hmm. you know am i and the same with um great point yeah it's like kind of all you and that's even scarier at times yeah and i would always get like the fun the funniest the most enjoyable fun stuff i would always outsource to people because i felt that you know that's going to be a nice gift for like that's going to be something that someone wants to do and i will do all the all the other stuff, you know, like the, whatever it might be. Mm. Uh, Oh, that's a cool shift for you as well, though, to sort of take some of the fun, creative work and put it back on your plate. Yeah. I I love knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's even, um, and also like having conversations, I'm not, I really come from a visual background. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm gravely dyslexic. That's probably why I became mm, me too. A, a creative. Great. We have a lot of similarities. Dyslexia, no back options. injury. My yeah. mom is also a therapist. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. That's yeah, so many... that's so funny. So it's like that. I fact think that dyslexia is a skill, though. I'm not going to lie. 
but you with the, I mean the way you you with your words in your book like that is so that's amazing because yeah, luckily for Spellcheck 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you had quite a few. Also, I really needed to tune. And that is also something uh, with the magazine that has been such a gift for me because I always was cur- so curious for knowledge. Uh, but so, and I always, my, my growing up, my parents are like big uh, readers. We have books everywhere. There were so many things I want to know more about, but I just don't have the, uh, reading skill. Like to, mm, to, I didn't, I, totally I did. I love like audio. I, yeah. I, I love that mm-hmm. too. But then also while working with the magazine and working with these really quite, um, I mean, the texts are not always very, I, I mean, some are more easier reads like uh, and then some uh, in a way um i also realized that just because that was a challenge for me before doesn't mean that it has to be a challenge for me now and especially working through uh, not working with this uh, issue the fifth uh, chakra and sound and sound healing etc mm-hmm. i realized that if i expose myself to certain type of if i listen to certain types of sound or music not like the type of old rock music that i normally like but other type of music more like david david hikes or this more that before was for me was like this is too esoteric it almost irritated me but i go into it in a in a state of uh, deep concentration then i can access a different part of my mind and i can read things and take things to me and and also audio of course i love audio it's uh, mm-hmm. it's just amazing the fact oh, that you yeah. can because but- i i read i'm sure you do as well like i i just want to research so much i got really deep dive on every every mm-hmm. issue i just go i just everything i can get my hands on i'm now more brain and eyes but like <laughs> some months ago it was all about the ears and the and then it would all of course have to be integrated all together but uh, it's nice to it's nice to zoom in on something and to 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 be like completely hone in on a subject for a longer amount of time uh, and even if one gives oneself maybe a deadline like oh it would be good if the issue comes out in a year you know maximum but um but it's up to me if that uh, if that's gonna happen or not and no one else gonna mm-hmm. pressure i mean ex- except for the fact that it, it's of course nice when you have people saying hey when is the next yeah, issue coming totally I can't wait. it's good to have both nice. the freedom and yeah. i definitely love deadlines too because i'm like all right here <laughs> we, we go here we go well, yeah yeah <laughs> and it's, i think it's, i always have to book said, the the printing when once I know that I booked the printing it's like there's no there's no turn back like it's like see that's it has to happen Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah I think a a tactful tip I just want to reiterate for listeners that you said which is one I also use is listening to certain frequencies when you're reading or writing you know I think that's one thing that also really helps me I always listen to um Hertz 432 Mm -hmm. it's like a binaural beat frequency that really allows like I can listen to it for six hours straight and I'll forget to go to the bathroom while writing yeah 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 it is amazing so helpful yeah it can really put you in the in uh, in the zone I also have a tendency when 
when really working on the layout for the magazine, so more being in the final stages, I sometimes tend to listen to the same album over oh, cool. and over and over yeah. and over again. Like it could be just like a, a rock album or something, but just so it there's this there's a predictability in it uh, that really helps me get into some. And then I can never listen. I wouldn't say I could never listen to it again, but I, it's like okay, it's now. But then, uh huh. Yeah. Some yeah space. that's so cool to know as well because 250 pages is like a bible that's a lot like to to have that much focus to lay all that out yeah that's i mean and and i would say that uh, thank god that i have some amazing text uh, editors that i work with uh, especially in this issue I was working uh, with an amazing text editor in uh, in oslo and we are we're reading through the like because it's not only the graphic design of it it's actually very much reading the text in the sense of yeah it's like connecting with the people also before like so like everything that goes into the magazine it okay now it sounds very precious in the sense of like i don't but it's there's no one that's in the magazine somehow that i have not connected with or met with or have had a, a uh, an amazing conversation with or read their book or all their books mm-hmm. or and and felt that mm, mm, this person I like uh, I would like this person to be included in human shift not so much like oh this would be good for uh, you know for PR or whatever but like this person yeah. resonates with human shift and with this specific issue um, that it's because mm, it will every like issue speak has sort of to its integrity and the the purity that you were talking about at the beginning of the episode, which is great to sort of know the backstory behind that integrity and that purity that you're really upholding. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, which is which is so different from anything I've ever done before, and and I don't I don't know, like I have no. It's also like I try to take one issue at a time. People say, oh, but what's happening after the seventh shark? Like, let's not even, you know, like just the fact that I got yeah, into the fifth chakra. Yeah, the fifth chakra, I got this far up. Like, uh, this is, uh, and and the gift of it, uh, doing all this um, to work uh, on every issue together with everyone. Uh, of course, the connection with other people, the conversations, etc. but then also to really... To concentrate on one chakra for one year that's um yeah we often don't give ourselves that kind of time i mean it's probably it's the type of practice that i'm not saying that like a monk like but i would never if someone said oh you should do this mantra for one year i'd be like oh my god like really yeah. <laughs> can i do one on monday one on tuesday and then the other one and then i can yeah. repeat it but but when you give yourself a project how long did it take you to write the book it must have taken forever no Mm. yeah it took about three and a half years right from sort of this first seed document which looked so different from the final manuscript but from the first like you know blank document cursor blinking about three and a half years yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. it's that's that the process is interesting in itself also because if i would do a commercial project as in for a client i would be very tight timeline right tight timeline i'd be Mm -hmm. very clear with uh what you know we want this is what we want this oh i mean like this is what the client want they want 
X amount of this and, uh, you know, they want to up their branding this and they want it mm-hmm. within this time and they want to achieve this and this and this. That's the only way, like before I would always say, the only way to get result is to kind of stake out this list and this very clear, this very clear idea of what you want. But it's different when you do that for someone else because you can't tune in to what they want because I don't, I can't, that's, mm-hmm. it's not, uh, that's not in my intuition. I can tell what I think that they should be doing, but there it's, um, so in this this project for me, but these type of projects, I think, yes, a deadline, some kind of frame, like frame around it. Like, yeah, I have the chakra decided already that, and I have kind of the amount of pages because after 250 pages, it gets too heavy to send around. I realized otherwise Mm. I could maybe continue, but um, you need to have some frames. Otherwise it's very difficult to be like, I Anyway, I can't be creative. If someone tells me you can do whatever you want, then I'd be like, <laughs> Yeah, I get it. You know, some financial, there needs to be some things that are, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, some, some frames around it, some limits. That, yeah. that is the best. Uh, I mean, if there's no limits, it's, it's, it's too vast, it's too big of a project. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. can do it's anything, it's hard to see the edge. Like, yeah. okay, you know, yeah. here's its shape. Yeah, totally, totally get that. I'd love to just sort of wrap up here also with, you know, I think you just have so much wisdom over the years and all the different spaces you've worked in of just some advice for creatives that you wish you had known earlier on in your career. Just one or two things that just feel like golden nuggets of wisdom from that you've learned. Well, one thing which kind of contradicts a bit what I've said about the listening into your intuition, but one thing is when you collaborate with other people to really see their, to really see them for the gift that they are. Um, if it is a client that brings money and brings wisdom, whatever it is, because I think often as creatives, one can get stuck in the frustrations. Mm. Uh, and um, so to really see the possibilities as like to to see what 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 why what what's uh, really see the positive things out of it uh, that you can you can do you have this skill and you can make money on it uh, and then the other thing I think is definitely boundaries that's something that I didn't have very much so to to not be afraid of saying no to things, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're when you're young and green. Obviously, you need to put your feet forward, and you need to kind of be doing things and like jumping into things without judging them too much. Also, in the beginning, because you never know what a project can lead to and what you can learn from it. Uh, even if you only learn that you never want to do that again, uh, most of my my career has been like that. I wanted to be an illustrator and then, no, I don't want to be an illustrator. I was an illustrator and didn't want to be an illustrator. You know, like you have to jump mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. it, like without overthinking it as well. But when you're really feeling that it's too much, I really don't want to do it. There's nothing like when the whole body just says, no, no. Like if you can afford, I would uh, to not be scared of saying no, because most likely there's going to be 
other opportunities um, um, and to and to also not be scared of doing to see like you don't have to only be like it's not like you have to be like here the transitory nature of like being this or that it's not like you have to be either you're an artist or you're a sellout you know like it's great point uh Mm -hmm. you can do artistic work that is just for you and you can also do things that someone else is paying for that you might not feel is exactly what you would do uh and i don't think that one thing contradicts the other uh especially now nowadays you can there's so many platforms to express yourself uh, so i think uh, like one doesn't have to be so oh my god i have to do only cool stuff or i can't do this i can't do like it's more if you think it's fun like and you get some money from it why not do it maybe it's not what you're going to put up on your website or on your Instagram. so mm, what like mm-hmm. it's not don't yeah. be so um because yeah, that would be some of the advice uh, and and to learn. And the other thing would be to really seek out people that one can learn from. Uh, I think that is one of the one of the things that I I like so much about my job is like to constantly being curious and seeing that I can learn from older people or younger people and. It's like really being open to that. Maybe this person's going to be able to not being able, like maybe this person will teach me something. I don't know about something else or about myself. Mm-hmm. And so to, to look for these people in your life. So that's how I very often have taken my career choices. It's not been sometimes I worked at certain scenes where people said, but, Oh my God, it's such a uncool title but I'm like yeah but the editor in chief is amazing I really like her or whatever it's uh, I want to be in the presence of this person or they're so fun or they they have mm. this thing that that feels so that, organic and good <laughs> yeah like yeah. this we try this to be open to all these other people and they might not be an old man with beard it might be <laughs> a, a gen c you know like or, yeah. or younger you know or a six-year-old or something like it's just uh, but just to kind of be it took me this long I to realize that because I think in the beginning especially as a creative you are so you're often feeling that like I know everything like and I think that's maybe needed to be in order to kind of push through um, but yeah I tell you, that is a good point you do have to have some level of self-confidence if it's real or not and then that sort of humility to learn from all walks of life really rejuvenates that sort of curiosity you said that so well yeah because you feel like oh but what do you know about graphic design and what do you know about and then you go like well it doesn't really matter because I mean, it doesn't like it got contradicts in the way of like don't listen in to everyone else but it doesn't mean that um you can you can you can be open to it like you can keep your eye, eyes and your ears open and then and then give it skip a beat like uh, uh, give it a moment before judging it because it's not something like I'm working on that. Uh, definitely I'm working on that, but that's something, that's an advice I would have given to myself uh, mm-hmm. just Beautiful. a year ago, you know, like skip a beat, listen to this person, then go meditate, then decide whether it's something you want mm-hmm. to connect with or not. Yeah. Poignant wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing that. And 
Thank you so much for being on the RizoCast and just the complex, unique, gorgeous human and creator that you are. You know, I feel really blessed to be connected to you and also to learn from you. I just, I feel very grateful for that. So thank you so much for sitting down. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's totally mutual. And I think this this is, a, if anything, you contacted me, I think on, on Instagram and then we had... And then I listened to your book and then we connected or I can't remember in which direction, but um, this is, uh, it's such a gift to be able to connect with people on the other side of the world, like yourself mm-hmm. and, and yeah, and to learn from each other. Uh, so thank you so much for, for listening to my story today. I hope something, um, of yeah, something it was awesome. made sense. Thank, thank you. you. Bye, Stina. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the RizoCast. If you love this episode, please download, subscribe, share it, and pass it along to a friend. Please subscribe to our Rizo Magazine subscription at www.rizomagazine.com. You can find Sue Hunt's work, your host, at www.suehunt.com. We love bringing you these in-depth conversations. Please remember the suggestions of our guests and hosts are for informational purposes only and should not be taken as actionable advice. This podcast is a resource for general information, education, and artistic inspiration. Rizo is not liable for your decisions to implement information from this podcast.